You're listening to the Seek Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Hello, everyone. This is Tim Winders, and welcome to the Seek Go Create podcast. I'm excited to share with you today. This is going to be a lot of fun, a little bit different maybe than we've been talking about, but I believe that all of this relates because we can't separate some of these things out. Today, we're continuing with this season, season three, which is titled The Everyday Leader. And today, we're going to actually look at what the Bible says about leadership. And we're going to look at a few scriptures, a few things, stories from the Bible, but I'm actually going to go look at a scripture that is really just, uh, I guess, a little bit different. When people talk about leadership in the Bible, they look at a lot of different stories and people and Bible heroes, Old Testament and New Testament alike. And this is going to be a little bit different. I'll go ahead and tell you this is going to be a little bit of a tough message today because you know, the Bible sets a pretty high bar when it comes to overseeing or leading people. And we're about to find that out real soon. But I want to share a little bit, I guess, about my process that I use when I'm preparing for the podcast, especially these that are, I guess, just me on the mic. In the very near future, we're scheduling them right now. We're going to have more interview format where I'm going to be interviewing a lot of cool and interesting people, people that I just want to talk to myself. And I'm just going to turn on the mic and let you listen in when we have conversation. But but the way I have been doing it, I'm looking right now at a, it's a Trello board, which is kind of an organizer for notes. And when I started considering the topic of leadership, which actually this was a few years back, I started making notes. And as I shared earlier, some things that I thought might become a book and it still may. I had listed out the episodes, divided them up into topics, and 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 part of what I do is every morning, almost every morning, I sit down and I attempt to journal and spend some quiet time. I listen to a podcast. I have kind of a morning routine like I'm sure most of you do also. And one of the things I've been kind of encouraged to read is from the book of Timothy. And I don't think it's just because it's my name. I think, I think that the Lord was kind of guiding me because I think, I think he wanted me to share what I'm going to be sharing today. And, and so from, from the book of First Timothy, there was something when I was putting together this podcast, and I record an episode a day, maybe, maybe two a day when I'm in recording mode. And about the time I was ready to get started, I read what we're going to talk about today. And I really felt like I needed to just make an entire episode just on this. And so, so that's, that's what we're going to do here. I mean, there's a lot of examples we could pull from to talk about leadership. But, uh, but today we're going to be going to the book of 1 Timothy. Before I do that, I want to remind ourselves the definition that we've been building on, building on when we talk about leadership and being an everyday leader. And again, this is my definition of it, and it's talking about being a steward over those people, places, and or things that God has gifted you with. Being a steward over those people, places, and things that God has gifted you with. And it's real interesting. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and I do not recall the name, but it was an executive from Chick-fil-A, and the word steward was mentioned. They were talking about how they believe in servant leadership, which we've talked about. I'm not... 
against servant leadership. I just believe that stewardship says it a little bit more, but he actually used words just like this. And of course, for anyone out there who has tasted that yummy deliciousness, which is Chick-fil-A, you know they're doing a great job of that, even though they close on Sunday. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I just heard that in a podcast I was listening to just this morning. So again, that definition, I'm going to just keep repeating it over and over again, being a steward over those people, places, and things that God has gifted you with. And since we're using terms that are biblical in nature, and I know that there's people listening to this, that you are strong in your faith and strong churchgoers may have studied the Bible all your life and and you may, these terms are very familiar with you and some of these scriptures will be familiar with you. But I also want to be mindful that there may be people listening in and you may be listening in very skeptically right now because I've mentioned Bible and God and things like that, that you were kind of going along listening to this podcast that was on leadership and all of a sudden someone says, let's talk about leadership in the Bible. Well, please stick around because even if you are not a believer, in some of the scripture and the references that I'm going to make, I believe there's great value to you. And I, I actually believe that you'll get something from it because it's a great teaching point and learning point from a book, the Bible, that I believe they're holy scriptures. They're, they come from God. They come from him through people. But even if you believe it's just an awesome book, then it's got good good learning from it. And really, I would also say that most of the positive mental attitude, success books, leadership books, many of them have their basis in some of the things we're even going to be talking about today. So just hang with us. I'm not sure or don't know if this is going to be a long episode or not, but uh, I don't have as many notes as I typically have. But nonetheless, we're going to have fun with it and, and go into leadership in the Bible. There are so many names that we can talk about in leadership. We could we could talk about Noah. We could talk about Joseph. Moses would be probably one of the first big leaders that came on the scene. He led the nation of Israel um, out of out of bondage while they were in Egypt, and uh, and obviously led them for 40 years in the desert, and they wandered and had all kind of issues he dealt with there. And then Joshua, who took over after Moses, was a powerful and strong leader. Nehemiah, who went back to help build uh, build Jerusalem. And then, of course, there's Jesus that we could use a great example for. And then, um, and then also we've got uh, Peter and Paul and others from the uh, from the New Testament. So, anyway, those are a number of the of the classics that we can actually actually use to uh, talk about leadership, but. We're really going to be looking more at what is leadership as we start moving into the New Testament. So let's take a look at some of the things that Jesus said that I believe we could relate to as far as leadership. As we go into the New Testament, there's there's just this different tone as as we move from what the law was with the nation of Israel into some different commandments when we start meeting the Son of God, the Son of Man, who is Jesus, who is teaching and training. And, and the message that he shares really is, I believe, the commandment that we have for those of us that are followers of Christ. 
And I do want to say this, that I totally understand that many people can kind of judge what the message of followers of Christ is by the way people act. And you have to be real careful with that because many times those of us that are Christians or followers of Christ, we do not do a great job of portraying this commandment. And the commandment, the basic commandment is this, love God, love people, love yourself. And I'm going to go through a few scriptures that go into that a little bit more, but that's kind of the basic foundation of what Jesus brought and taught us. That is that is really bringing peace into the world. That's advancing the kingdom of God. And so if you are one maybe listening in that, you know, you're not a huge fan of Christians or Christianity, and part of it is is because they're always spewing forth hate and things like that, then I'll, I'll just say maybe you haven't ran across someone who really understands who they're following and why they're following them and what Jesus was really teaching. So anyway, give people a little bit of grace in that. So if you really match it up with our definition, being a steward over those people, places, and or things that God has gifted you with, then the commandment of love God, love people, and love before you love yourself really does fall in line. So let me mention a few scriptures just to back that up for those people that might be Bible scholars and want to have some scriptures. There's plenty of them that we can look at, but first one I'll mention is from Matthew 22:39. I believe this is from New King James. I'm not sure, but anyway, the scripture says, but there is a second to set alongside it. And the first was love God with all your heart. But I'm just going into the second one because it's really falling into what we need to do as leaders. And that second to set alongside it is love others as well as you love yourself. One of the things we talked about in previous episodes was that we need to put aside our selfishness and what that message is saying right there is that we need to be others focused. We need to be loving others as well as we love ourselves instead of the flip side of that would be love yourself. And then after you love yourself as much as you need, as much as you can, then you love others. That's not what it's saying. Matthew twenty two thirty nine. I'll read it again. But there is a second to set alongside it. A commandment is what they're talking about there. Love others as well as you love yourself. And then roughly the same message that's being said is in Mark 12, 31. And here is the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. I want to repeat that for you. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. Okay, so I want to talk to two different groups of people here. I want to talk to the people that claim to be followers of Christ, and I want to remind you that there is no other commandment that ranks higher than the commandments that I just mentioned. That verse before was love God, so I'm hopeful that you do that. And then the second one is love others as well as you love yourself. And it doesn't say love others if they agree with you. Love others if they're just like you. Love others if they're the same political party. It doesn't say love others if they have the same skin color. Or it doesn't even say, ooh, this could be controversial. Love others only if they have the same sexual preferences and things like that. 
ooh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to step on some toes here, but it just says love others as well as you love yourself. There is nothing, no other commandment, no direction, nothing else in the Bible that's commanding us that ranks with those. All right, so hope y'all are still with me. Hope you haven't turned this thing off and said, okay, I'm not listening to him anymore because I'm only building. It's going to be getting, it's going to get even tougher than this. So hang with me, folks. Hang with me. All right, let's jump to Galatians 5.14. And it's just a repeat of the same message. Obviously, Galatians, Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians for everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. I just, I almost want to just pause there and just let that marinate over you. Think about what Paul just said. If you read nothing else in God's Word, this next sentence that I'm about to say is the most important. Or if we jump back to what we just looked at in the book of Mark, there is no other commandment that ranks with these. So get ready. Here it comes. Everything we know about God's Word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. Love others as you love yourself. Oh my goodness, I wish I, I wish I could get this more. I wish everyone listening to this could get this more because this is it's kind of the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we're told. I mean, there's other things, yes, but I've just had a few things here that says there's nothing that ranks higher than this. That's red letters. That's Jesus. And then Paul, for everything we know, is summed up in this single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. Let's go down to James. And he just says the same thing. James 2.8. You do well when you complete the royal rule of the scriptures. The royal rule of the scriptures. I need to look at what version this is. I don't have it pulled up here. But, um, but that's kind of unique wording there. Guess what the royal rule of the scriptures is according to James 2.8. Love others as you love yourself. So those are four scriptures right there. There are more. There are others that in so many ways defines how we become an everyday leader, how we become an everyday disciple, an overseer, a steward, someone who stewards over people, places, and things that we have been gifted with. So those are good reminders for us. I, I hit them pretty hard and I set them with passion and vigor because I think they're important. And so anyway, take those to heart. However, that wasn't entirely what I wanted to cover in this episode. So now we are going to go to 1 Timothy 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. And this is a portion of a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to one of his disciples, or really one of his, I guess he was a mentor to Timothy, might be a great way of saying it. Timothy was much younger, and and uh, Timothy was attempting to oversee one of the churches. And the churches, just like when people get involved, they had some issues going on. And there was a lot of things that go on in this 
chapter three and and some things would be very controversial and I believe when I read through these verses here in in chapter three one through seven we will agree that some of these things are not only going to challenge us and set a very high bar but they also create some controversy however I believe that they establish a um, they establish a level of excellence that we should strive for that we should strive for so I am going to read through this totally and then I'm going to back up and we're going to look at each verse on its own because it has there, there's so much here I mean it's point after point after point of what an overseer or a bishop or a leader should have is he Paul basically lays out the qualifications of this type of person and and listen we know that this was from a time when there were not women necessarily in ministry and I do not want to get down into the uh, the topic of that because it actually is something that's brought up uh, in in first Timothy more and I I I don't even I don't want to go there but this I think during this day during this time 2000 plus years ago this was directed at men but I believe we could actually adjust it a few times and it can apply to any person that is a steward or overseeing or overseeing something which basically is what a bishop is a bishop is someone who's like a leader of leaders they oversee other people they oversee other churches and organizations and so let's read what paul said to his to his to who he was mentoring timothy about this all right first timothy 3 1 through 7 this is a true saying if a man desire the office of a bishop he desireth a good work verse 2 a bishop then must be blameless the husband of one wife vigilant sober of good behavior given to hospitality apt to teach verse 3 not given to wine no striker not greedy of filthy lucre but patient not a brawler not covetous verse 4 one that ruleth well in his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity verse 5 for if a man know not how to rule his own house how shall he take care of the church of God verse 6 without a novice lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil verse 7 moreover moreover he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil and i'm sorry i'm anyone that knows me i am not chuckling at the word of god i am not chuckling because i think this is funny i am chuckling because i am trying to think of how many times i have seen an individual that would meet these requirements and I, i'm not trying to say this in a negative way but i've dealt with a lot of leaders i've been in leadership position I've dealt with people in church situations. I've dealt with leaders in churches and ministries. I've dealt with people in businesses and nonprofits for profits. And, and I want to say, I am not sure that I've ever seen anyone 
that actually can meet this requirement. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't. I am just saying that this is quite challenging. Now, here's the cool part. For those that are, those that are believers, there is grace. There is mercy. And for those that are equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority that comes from being a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a lot of the equipping to do this, whether you know it or not. And I know a lot of people listening in on this. You've got a lot of these skills and things like that. But this is basically establishing something that you're probably going to have a tough time doing just on your natural power. You're going to need some supernatural blended in and mixed in with your natural. And that supernatural, I believe, comes from belief in a heavenly loving father that uh, that created you. So having said that, let's back up and let's let's break this down, I guess, verse by verse and just see if we can, I guess, have an understanding a little bit better of what it means. And again, we're looking at all this in relation to the definition of leadership, being a steward over those people, places, and things that God has gifted you with. So, so if we believe that we truly are placed in a position and it's a gift, then we have to also believe that we're going to be equipped to perform in that area or in that role, in that, in that role of responsibility. So first thing that I want to focus on, I'm going to jump back up to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. There's a sentence that Paul mentions here, and he says, If a man desires the office of a bishop, and I think we could say if a person desires a position of leadership, then, then he desires a good, a good work. And I, I really think that message to us, and I'm not trying to twist scriptures around or anything like that. I'm just trying to, to apply a leadership role to some of the things that we're doing and some of the things that many of us may be stepping into as far as a position. I, I think what this is saying to me, this is maybe not totally definitive, but it's a good thing to step into a role of, of leader. I think I think that it's good to be a steward over things. It's good, it's good to lead and guide and help people. It's good to be in an office of an overseer or a bishop. You know, is it a good thing in the world of ministry, which is what this is directly speaking of? Absolutely. But it is, all, is it also good in the area of business? Yes, I think so. I think it's good to, to be responsible for nurturing and loving others, as we, as, we lear, as we heard in the earlier scriptures. That is a good thing. So you're desiring a good work. It is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily arrogant to want to be and have a desire to be in a position of leadership, overseer, steward. So now I will say this, you need to check your heart. And if you are, if you are desiring it for some of the wrong reasons, you want to, you want to be powerful over people. You've got a big ego and you want to feed your ego and you want to have control and you, you want money and things like that. I think we're about to get to that in some of these other verses, but you know, it needs to be for the proper reasons. Verse two, a bishop must be blameless and blameless can mean a lot of things, but it, it does definitely mean that you, 
you can't have a lot of issues going on and you can't be, I'll use a term that might be more modern, you can't be a hot mess and want to be an overseer or a leader. You need to have in some ways your act together and that's what to me blameless means. I know there's a lot more to it and I, I could I could open up the Strong's Concordance and really go into this. I'm really just reading through these from the studying I've done and just giving some some of the wording that I've come to believe these mean for me. And so that's kind of what I'm sharing here. This next one says the husband of one wife. And that meant quite a bit in the time that this was written. It was a time where some people had more than one wife. And this obviously means there needs to be one wife. There was also a situation in the law and also in the religious, um, I guess the religious environment of those times that people, or at least men, were able to leave their wives and then take on other ones without necessarily divorce and different things like that. And that's, that's covered in other areas. I don't really truthfully want to get into that here, but, but basically I, the way I take this, maybe in, maybe I'm reading more into it and maybe trying to make more of it is that, you know, you need to be a faithful person. And, and I think the marriage relationship is part of that faithfulness and you need to be faithful and devoted and committed to, to your spouse. And, and, and that's important. You don't need to be out messing around. Obviously polygamy and things like that is one of the things they're talking about here, but just be faithful and committed. And, and I think that if someone cannot be honoring and loving to their spouse, to me, this is me saying this, it's going to be very difficult for them to be honoring and loving and be a good steward in a role outside of the marriage. So anyway, the husband of one wife. The next thing is vigilant. In other words, not lazy, um, sober, focused, you know, and and uh, and of good behavior. To me, that is a little bit related to blameless. Each one of these means a little bit different, but they build on each other. That kind of goes back to, you know, you need to have your act together somewhat. Given to hospitality. This is kind of really, really interesting. My wife and I talked about this some. Being from the southern United States, we are so used to, you know, inviting people over. When people when people come over, you bring out the, the nicer china and you, you put out the silverware and you have the cloth napkins, not just the paper napkins. And I don't think that's exactly what this is referring to, but... You need to be inviting and open and welcome to people. You need to be able to entertain and have people over and and not closed off. You know, in in our society today with with technology and things like that, we're getting more and more where we don't interact with people that much. And you know, maybe it's a little bit old school, but I I think we need to be open and inviting and that hospitality is something that I think it means by that. Apt to teach I think that someone who is in a leadership role, and it states it here, you need to be able to share information. You need to be able to teach and, and, and provide from your wisdom education to others, and especially when you're mentoring and bringing other leaders along. The role that Paul was talking about in the scripture is that of the bishop, and a bishop is someone who oversees other pastors and leaders of the church. 
and they need to be positioned so they can teach things. They can tell them things they've learned. Do this, don't do this. And so they need to be apt to teach, which also leads to good communication skills and, and, and those type things. We're actually going to be looking at communication skills two episodes from now. Not given to wine. Now, I have to, I have to be real upfront with you. I grew up in, in sort of a Baptist culture, and I kind of had this thought kind of not beaten into me, but guilted into me that we're not supposed to drink ever, no matter what, which, of course, when you're growing up, makes you just want to go get something to drink. And, and of course, listen, I also know that there are people that they have issues with alcohol, and that's not really what we're talking about here. But what I, I looked this up, actually, and it says, it doesn't say that this person is never to drink. It says that they're not supposed to be constantly drinking, constantly drinking wine. And wine was very common during those times. In fact, wine was oftentimes a better drink than water because just of the purity and the, and the quality of water then. But it just says that they don't overindulge. They're not show, They're not drunken and things like that And is really what it's talking about here. So, you know, it's okay to drink. And I, I like a sip of wine every once in a while. And I like a sip of whiskey. So I'm hopeful that that doesn't disqualify me for being uh, some type of overseer or leader. No striker, which there's a few here. Striker, brawler that are basically, you know, quick angered, quick-tempered, quick to be emotional, quick to obviously throw punches and argue, and and that's not good. So that's, that's something that says not to be. This next one is almost a lesson within itself, and this is still in verse 3, not to be greedy of filthy lucre. And that's a weird word, and some people will try to say, well, that's probably money. You know, don't just go after money. Money is one small piece of it. You know, in, in the scripture, I think it's in Matthew 6, it says that, you know, a man can't serve God and mammon. And mammon is closely related to lucre. And, and mammon is not necessarily money. It's material things. It's, it's really things that are not of God. And, and I want to be real clear here. This does not mean that God does not want us to have nice things and live in homes and have clothes and things or RVs like I'm in right now or, or things like that. That's not what it's saying. It says not greedy, not desiring, not craving, not going after, not thinking about all the time the clothes that you're going to wear or the latest fashions or getting a new car or how you can get more money and things like that. That's really what this is talking about because, and here's how I'm going to relate it to what we mentioned earlier. It is very difficult to love other people if you're constantly thinking about how you can make money off of them. I want to repeat that. It is very difficult to love other people when you're constantly trying to figure out how you can separate their money from them. And that is why being an overseer, you have to not look at people as dollar bills and how they can, they can give you gain. They can put you in a better financial or, or um, monetary position. So that's what the greedy of filthy lucre, do not be greedy of filthy lucre. Be patient. And of course, patience is one of the... Um, 
one of the gifts of the Spirit, patience. And I think we can all see how patience is important, especially when we're dealing with other people, when we're parents, when we're dealing with our spouse and others. And I mentioned this one earlier, not a brawler is, is one that's, you know, you're not going to be fighting and arguing all the time. And, and then the last thing in verse 3 here is not covetous. And the opposite of coveting to me is content. And that is, you know, that doesn't mean you may not have a desire to do better in life and maybe have some nicer things and be more successful. But to me, I've noticed with myself is, is I, I, can, I can want things and, and consider, boy, it'd be nice to have another car, you know, one that is nicer, newer, whatever. But when I begin coveting it and thinking about it all the time, I look at my neighbor and I go, well, I'm kind of jealous of them because they've got a nice car. Or worse, partially what the covetous means is to covet another man's wife or to covet someone's spouse or covet someone of the opposite sex or, or whatever. It's just not to covet, to be content, to be content and satisfied and at peace with where we currently are. Because if we're always coveting, again, it's very difficult to love others and be a good steward if we're constantly looking at what we can do to add to our inventory, to add to our possessions, to add to the things that we own. Let's move on to verse 4. And this one is one that is, again, challenging. Verse 4, one that ruleth well in his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Now, I know, I've got grown children. We cannot be responsible for all the actions of our children. However, we are to raise them up. We are responsible for them up to certain ages. And of course, as they get older, we have less ability to control that, but we're to raise them up. And to me, I'm going to speak to people that are primarily in ministry roles right now. This has been one of the biggest challenges for me when I look to people that are overseeing churches and ministries. I really struggle with, with families that are just out of control. They, their children aren't mindful. They aren't well-behaved. They're disrespectful and they're disrespectful at very young ages, and, and that builds as they get older, it's very difficult for me to sit under some of the teaching of people in ministry or people that are a- attempting to educate that have not established that rule right there, that ruleth well in their own house. You know, their marriage is in shambles. Their children are just a mess. And again, I know there's some of these things that are outside of your control. I'm talking about just like basic order within a household. And I just think that's healthy. I mean, I've, I've interacted with some coaching clients recently that, that one of the things that's impacting their work environment and their leadership role and their ability to be a good steward is that they've got some turmoil in their house. Some of it they have controlled, some of it they haven't. And it is just spilling over, making it very difficult to perform at their at their best in the work in the business environment. So this one's an important one here. And 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 you know it's just really unpopular in the current society and the current culture we're in. But 
I believe it's important. You know, I believe it's important because it's in 1 Timothy verse chapter 3, verse 4. It says, one that ruleth well in his own house is well fit to be in the office of overseer or bishop, having children in subjection with all gravity. Verse 5 hammers it home even more. For if a man know not how to rule in his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Okay, Tim's interpretation here. If you can't tear, take care of your own house, which you have control over and you rule over and you're in charge of, how in the world are you going to take care of other things and other people and bigger things? And that is really what Paul is telling Timothy here. All right, let's move along to verse 6. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. You know, this one's kind of a tough one because we have a society where people at very young ages, they're bright, they've got great skills, all of those things. They're put quickly into roles that they, in my opinion, would be considered a novice, and they don't necessarily have some of the experience, the wisdom that's gained just from doing something and, and, and leading and being, being in a position to gain that experience. And what it's saying here in this verse is that really what happens is that that causes pride. And it's real easy for people to kind of get puffed up. And, you know, I, I've seen this happen time and time again, that somebody comes in and they have, they have, they have some of the basic skills. They're a good speaker. They have, they have passion and they have energy and, you know, they're charismatic and people follow after them. And so they're placed in a leadership role and it's really too soon. And, and you kind of see these people, they start, they start getting puffed up. They start thinking they're more than they really are. Or worse, they start getting conflicted because people start telling them how great they are because of the role they're in. But yet in their mind, they've got these doubts because they know they probably haven't paid a price to be where they are. And so it starts creating these internal conflicts and let me just tell you, I believe that that's where cracks occur, and it says condemnation of the devil. That is where some, some real challenges can enter in, and that's where we see a lot of ministers fall when they maybe get into sexual temptation or they have challenges with their marriage. They mess around with somebody, and, and that's, that's what this is talking about, someone being placed into a role before they're ready, and that's why those people that are in the position to help make those decisions, they need to be real mindful of this first. They're not a novice. Lest being lifted up with pride, they fall into condemnation of the devil. And then verse 7, finally, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. To me, my words here, um, obviously positive, have a good report but of them which are without, in other words, of them which may be less, of them which are not in the same position, of them which may not have those things. They better treat everyone with respect and honor and, and don't open up that snare of the devil that it talks about by being, this is what we talked about in earlier, by being a jerk, by not treating people well, by not treating people the way they should be treated with, as we said other, loving others as well as you love yourself. 
because that's that's not being a good steward. It's not being a good leader, and it's not what I believe we should be seeking when we're attempting to become the everyday leader. So that's um that's some good preaching. Good preaching, Tim. For those of you that are ones that like to shout amen, this is a good time for y'all to say amen. Preach it, Brother Tim. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you. And, and again, whether you're a Bible scholar and someone who's a, a follower of Christ or not, I, I believe there's a lot of value in this. And again, I know that these are some things that in the current culture wind can be very controversial, but they're valuable to us. And I believe they set, they set an expectation that we should strive for and attempt to attempt to achieve. So I've enjoyed sharing with you. This is, I, y'all could probably tell, I love, I love preaching and teaching and pulling things from the Bible that apply to us and can kind of help us in the environment that we're in today. And, you know, I just, I guess I just want to wrap this up, just reminding people of those few verses that we shared earlier. And it was at least one, two, three, four of them. And they basically said, love others as well as you love yourself. Do that. Do that. Just do that. Attempt to do that in everything that you do. And you'll be well on your way to being an excellent everyday leader. Thanks for letting me share with you. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Just a quick glimpse of what that one's going to be. We're going to be beginning to look at what it means to lead other people in some real practical practical skills and really some basic type things. So I look forward to talking to you then. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success and creating something new. We are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.